Hi, I'm Dominica Lumazar. And I'm Rory Carruthers. We help entrepreneurs develop their big picture business strategy in order to break through growth plateaus. We built several marketing agencies from the ground up and have helped our clients earn over a billion dollars in revenue. Now we want to share everything we've learned along the way. This is the Big Picture Business Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Business Podcast. Today, we are so excited to introduce you, one of my personal favorite people on the planet, not only because she happens to be my older sister, but she's also an incredible business owner, a leader, entrepreneur, and she is just an all-around outstanding individual. So Rory, I'm going to let you take it from here for a minute. What's really, really cool (laughs) <laughs> about our guest today, Dominica's sister, <laughs> is, uh, is that she's in a business that uh, you normally wouldn't think of as creating a, a business around, not necessarily. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and so if, you, if you're out there and you're wondering like, oh, it, you know, is my passion or my dream something that, uh, that I could bring to the world and actually um, have a successful business with, then you're in the right place because <laughs> you're going to learn a lot today about what that is like. All right, I'd like to introduce you to Francesca Duval, who is the founder and owner of the very first humane and 100% plastic-free chicken and quail hatchery in the world. She's really pushing the envelope with uh, some of the, the standard practices in the poultry industry, showing the world that a business can be profitable without exploiting the natural world and environment. As far as marketing goes, you know, she's built a really tight and loyal customer fan base, and she's done it using Instagram and just has some killer, killer photos online. So we're going to dive into a, a lot of this. So we're going to talk about business and strategy. We're going to talk about why it's so important to be protecting our environment. And it's a, a really important topic to me um, as well, which uh, we'll get into in a little bit. So, Francesca, welcome. Dominica, you have uh, any questions you want to start with today? What I appreciate so much about uh, Francesca is that she, she is the type of business owner that truly leads from the heart. And I, I've been inspired by that key factor my entire life, which is why I credit a lot of my success for keeping the course in my own business when I look to Francesca and I see that she's, just, she's rocking it in her business. So, Francesca, I, I want to ask you, because I might know the answer, but I know our listeners are wondering, tell us about Alchemist Farm and Garden, your business. Like, How did you get started? What's your story? It's a long one, so I'll try and condense it down into something that's just concise and useful for this purpose here. All right. Watching. I'm a person who really has so many varied interests. And I I had so many interests that felt like they were moving in different directions. I was getting pulled in all these places and feeling like I was giving 20% to each one of these things. I loved growing my own food, trying to live some sort of a sustainable lifestyle. I liked working with livestock. Chickens are always part of my life. I liked working with fertility. I was studying to be a midwife. Um, I liked teaching. I'm I'm an educator as well. I was a childbirth educator for a long time. Lots of things around birth and, and, and bringing new things into the world. And all of it was just pulling me in so many different directions until I, I looked on Craigslist one day and I saw these beautiful, beautiful 
dark chicken eggs. I was like, what What is that? And why don't I see that in the grocery store? And where did that come from? What's the story of that? And so I started digging deeper and deeper and really started falling in love with this whole world of chickens that I didn't know had existed. And I, I was so fascinated by the idea of different egg colors and the biodiversity in them and the story that they tell of our food systems and where our food comes from. And it felt like it was a really powerful, gentle way to have an entry point of talking to people about these issues that we might not be aware of. So all of these things were kind of clicking into place just by looking at this one. It was like my brain was primed looking at this one chicken. It was kind of a soul connection, if you will. So I got, <laughs> I got said chicken that lays these eggs and worked with them, had three of them in my backyard. One thing led to another. My husband and I were looking for a little more land. We were on one third of an acre at the time, and we found five acres in our town here in Sebastopol and <clears throat> moved to it. And when my husband said, I do, he had no idea. He was saying, like, I do to me and this <laughs> chicken fantasy kingdom. Because this business, what started as like, hey, if I'm interested in these egg colors and I've got chicken fever, other people must have chicken fever. I'll make money off that. It started like that. Mm. But after the money piece was washed away, I saw that there was so much more that were marrying all of my interests together into one so that the business was like my third child of what I would want to show the world, create for the world, and use as so much more than just a way to make money, but a way to educate and a way to give a gift to the world about a whole lifestyle that people could have, a way to have gentle conversations around our food sources how much we are interacting knowingly or unknowingly with really large industrial food systems that are causing a lot of harm ecologically, but also empowering people to step away from that. So not just Mm -hmm. sounding these alarm bells that are really depressing because there's a lot of that ecologically right now where they're like, here's the shock. Here's how you should hide under your covers and never come out and feel depressed the rest of your life. And I'm like, yeah, okay, here's an issue. Like chickens are crammed into warehouses. Chickens in hatcheries have tons of issues. Like all the male chicks that are born, 98% of them are killed. Damn. When I found that out, I was like, okay, that's the cornerstone of my business. I'm not going to do that. How do I not do that? And so seeing all these issues allowed me to make myself better because it was like a challenge. How do I, how do I not support those things? How do I not support the greater industrial food system? Okay. I grow my own food. How do I not support these other inhumane practices that I don't agree with? Raise my own, hatch my own, check. How can I offer that out to the world? And there's a whole world of people who feel the same and don't want to support those kinds of practices, Mm. but didn't have a place to turn. And so there was this incredible niche market. And it's not like me doing this research of like, here's how I can make the most money by filling this, this market that's not there. It was really following my heart of what felt right universally like animals shouldn't be treated this way Mm. humans shouldn't be treated this way uh once we ticked off that box of like humane treatment of the animals then we can look at okay how are they kept how are they housed and then retool all of our infrastructure here as we grew and expanded how can we have pastures that are constantly rotating so then we're dealing with regenerating our soil what is regenerative agriculture how do we educate people on that 
mm. hey, we're shipping with a bunch of plastic in all of our like chick and egg orders. I don't want to create more plastic and just be like shipping trash out into the world. How can we do something different? And so constantly each season, retooling, retooling, um, not as a marketing thing, not to greenwash. Let's really like give something that's concrete, that like feels real, that when people are supporting us, they can see, wow, like these people have gone the distance and they're educating other people how to do it too. I don't keep any of it as a trade secret. I'm like, here's how you ship plastic free. Join me, please. <laughs> because the issues that what's happening in our landfills are huge. Like, yeah. So leading from a place of purity in the heart with business and marrying all of your interests together is so powerful because then it's more than just me and my ideas of what I want to do for a farm. It's a whole collective need of where we need to go. And so every day I wake up and I might feel tired, but there's all this energy behind me of what needs to happen. And so I feel this extra push like from God, from the people around me who are trying to do the same thing of like, let's do better. Let's support better. Let's, let's see what we can do to leave something that's valuable on this planet to our children. So that's a very long winded answer <laughs> as to how did I start Alchemist Farm and kind of like what we're about. So much value though. I mean, it's, it's not like you just saw the money went, Hmm, this is interesting. You had these immediate goals, you met them, but you're continuing to think of the bigger picture. And that's in large part why I wanted to have you on this podcast because you are a business owner that thinks about the big picture, about what's next coming down the generational line, right? Yeah. And I feel like we talk a lot about the bigger picture in business, but there's even the bigger picture beyond business of how your business affects other people and our world as a whole. And, and I love that. I love that you're thinking in that way because it's very easy as a business owner to just get stuck in like, okay, well, we've got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. This is the only supply chain that's going to provide this um, or they have the best pricing. And, and then you're looking at it from a different way and saying like, that's fine, but we want to change that. We don't want that to be how we do business. And we right. want to help other people uh, see that there's other options. Exactly. When, when that came to mind and you started seeing that you were um, able to start implementing these things into your business, I mean, like what was, what was the thing that, um, that stood out to you where you're like, oh, we can make the biggest difference with this, this, you know, maybe one thing that um, has shifted like so, so much for you and for the people that you work with? It's a great question. And really, not all of it wasn't shown at once. I was in no way aware of the impact my waste was making on the planet until I had squared away the other goals of how am I going to treat these animals in a humane way. Hmm. And once that was done, I felt like I've achieved my goal. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like, hey, here's this really big issue. What are you going to do? And I saw it and immediately felt despair of like, I have to shut my business down. Like, this is the industry standard. Like everyone ships eggs, like hatching eggs in the mail, wrapped in bubble wrap and then more plastic and all these packing peanuts. And it's just like this, it's, it's a pile of trash that is shipped just so people can hatch chickens. And I was looking at that or foam, like they'll use foam, like um, mattress foam. That's going to be here for thousands of years just for one shipment. And it's just 
that I was on autopilot and just thought that that was what needed to happen. And one day I just woke up and was like, wow, I have to do better. And so that aha moment came and I just started researching and trying to figure out new things. And now we're able to ship in these in uh, pine shavings. So it's actually better insulation, it's shock absorption for eggs going through the mail. People can dump it out in their garden and we give a little sheet of like, hey, this is plastic free. Do you want to learn about what being zero waste means? Like, what is that phrasing? What is that? But when people get that and they're supporting us, it starts getting those wheels turning. So it's not just a purchase. It's not just us receiving money and people receiving eggs. It's, it's a gentle invitation mm-hmm. to make lifestyle changes that we all need to make in a hurry, but people don't know where to start. So one foot in front of the other, in your business, if you're open to it and looking around for it, you will be shown what's right. And if there's a place in your heart where you're looking at an issue and you're like, that doesn't quite feel right. Every day we have the opportunity to harden our heart and look away Mm. or open our heart and say, teach me, like, what's the next step? If you're a person who prays, pray about it and be like, show me what's, what do I need to do here? And the inspiration is going to come. And that's infectious because it's not some marketing uh, like veil. It's true. Like people know I'm doing the best I can. And yeah, I have failings and yeah, I mess up orders. I I make it right. But you know, like they, they see that I'm really trying and they want to support that. People come out of the woodwork all over the United States to support it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of companies who they they preach something and don't actually implement mm. um, or, you know, they, they want just to use a specific term, but they do the bare minimum to be able to use it. Um, you know, something that comes to mind is just the word organic um, and how in at least in the United States, uh, you can use the word organic if something is like only 10 percent organic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> you know? that gross? Yeah. <laughs> That's education, right? And so, you know, the, the fact that, you know, you're going way, way deeper, way beyond that. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know even if you, if Dominica, if you know this, but mm. the, the record label that I, I started, um, this was almost 20 years ago. Um, we were one of the very first uh, companies online where we actually, uh, it was called the Gaia Project. Um, and everything that we did was about, you know, how can we take, you know, we're putting out this music, but how can we use that to help the planet in some way? So we, we, uh, we were one of the first companies that actually donated part of the proceeds from every album sale. And then we went and partnered with organizations, um, that worked with the environment and donated to them to help expand that message and to, to really do some good in the world. I had no idea. I'm learning new things about you every day, dude. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know. Something that it, it's important to, to note about Francesca and her business is that, yes, things have presented as challenging, but throughout this entire process, I've gotten to have sort of a, a, a backseat view, right, of what's been happening and how she got there. And she just never gave up. Yeah. And so when you go to her Instagram, which I hope you all will at Alchemist Farm, it is just this culmination of incredibly heartfelt truth that is continuing to educate individuals on 
how they can have best practices, not only in like chicken keeping world, but from an ecological standpoint. And it's just all around really inspiring, especially to me. And I'm your sister. Like I learn new things every day. It's like, wow. It's just this nonstop stream of just just phenomenal content. So thank you for doing what you do in the world and continuing to educate people. I have to ask, what do you call yourself in your business? Are you the CEO? Are you the founder? Like when you introduce yourself to people as the blank of Alchemist Farm, like what's your title? I always lean into humility. And so I don't like the word like president. Okay. Owner. Founder. Sometimes I'll say founder because that doesn't sound as like meow, 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 you know? <laughs> but I, I just call myself the head chicken wrangler. <laughs> I love that. Because see, it makes you laugh. It's like sweet. It's an invitation. It's not like I'm better than anyone else. Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm running my slice of the world over here, mm-hmm. but I'm just still like chasing chickens at the end of the day. So <laughs> Which is the head amazing. chicken wrangler. I'm sure you all have probably heard at this point a couple of happy roosters in the background. I know that you, one of the number one things that you breed for is temperament, right? Mm-hmm. How did you come to that conclusion? Like, did you like have a run-in with like a, a naughty roo or, or how did that come about? It's so, I'm so grateful that you know me so well because there's so many things that we breed for and what we stand for as a, as a a farm and a business that I just forget. Like we're doing so many things. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a dynamic living organism, the farm itself and, and the business. I just forget. So yeah, the very first thing that I was working on was humane treatment of the animals, egg color that was just gorgeous and interesting to get that biodiversity conversation started. Of where does our food come from? Why aren't we seeing these egg colors on the shelves? Like what? Mm-hmm. There's a whole world out here that mm-hmm. taps us into nature, invites us to want to get outside and not just stay cloistered in and ordering our food from Amazon and not going anywhere. Like there's a whole world. And then temperament. Mm. No one's doing this in the poultry industry. People are just churning out chickens, sending them out into the world. But we we know that there are the ability to have sweet roosters. We've got 35 roosters on this land. I can walk up to any of them, crouch down in front of them, turn my back to them, and they're not going to attack me. And that's huge in the chicken keeping world because everyone has these nightmare stories of this like mean rooster that went after them and attacked them. And I keyed into that when we got our first shipment when we moved here from a larger scale hatchery before I found out about the inhumane practices. It was that hatchery, I will not name it, but that hatchery, and after I looked into their practices, that was so, it's such a strong education for me of like, whoa, you're doing that with the male chicks. Okay, I can't support you anymore. I got to start hatching my own. Like, thank you for showing me that. Hmm. And they gave us a free, like, specialized bird. And this free specialized bird turned out to be a rooster. And it was a mean son of a gun. And I was going out there with a stick every day, oh, just, like the eggs, to like hit it and bat it away. And it would like see me come in. It would like side <laughs> up and come after me. And, and one day my husband was collecting the eggs. I was gone and it attacked my two-year-old daughter mm. and took a chunk out of like her. She was wearing a hat and oh, still I remember like that. pecked. Like she didn't have to go to the hospital, but it really went after her so quick. And my husband waited till I got home. Mm-hmm. Good man. I was, I was holding my daughter mm-hmm. and he said, I'm going to kill it. And I'm like, really? He's like, this is not okay. I'm going to kill it. And I was like, okay. He walked out there and walked back and just. That was it. Dinner. The rooster knew. The rooster knew. He, he walked out there with the energy of like, I'm going to kill you. 
mm-hmm. and the rooster like wasn't going after him it like hid behind the hens and all the hens oh. scattered and they like they knew like oh he's not coming for me and he's in it he just grabbed it and that was that was yeah. it and so and my daughter was stoked to eat it which was like a really powerful thing of like wow we're, we're eating this we're not gonna waste it we're gonna eat this rooster she's like mean rooster tastes great <laughs> so i knew from that moment on like I'm not going to sell birds to people that I, I haven't at least tried to have them have good temperament. Like a bad apple can always fall from the tree with our birds. Like, but all of the adults that they're bred from, all of the roosters that they came from that fertilize the eggs are sweet and are docile. So mm. that, that's another thing that we're working on. Just trying to make this experience for people. If they're keeping a backyard chicken that's making them food and getting them outside of the house, but it's not going to attack yeah that, that stinks like you shouldn't no one should have to go through what i did of like feeling uncomfortable to collect your food totally you don't want to be in fear of no. running your of running your business that sucks no, no not at all yeah no. yeah <laughs> i wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned before about just not giving up mm-hmm. and it's it's very comfortable and easy to talk about the farm now because it's like just running and doing its own thing and it's it's it has legs you know it, it it's it's, it's been born fully, mm-hmm. but Dominica was one of the very few people, pretty much the only person in the beginning who saw what I was aiming for mm-hmm. and the power of having someone or people like that in your corner who see what you're trying to do and may not understand all aspects of it, but just say, you know what? I see that passion. Let's do everything we can to support it. I didn't have a logo. I didn't have a website. I had an idea and, and four birds. And Dominica is like, I got you. I see what you're doing. I believe in you. Let's make a logo. Let's get you business cards. How can I help you with a website? And having a good website and having someone in your corner just legitimizes the business. Like having a strong online presence and yeah. not giving up. And that's the beauty of, leading from the heart and having something that does a business idea or a plan that ticks a lot of internal boxes for yourself because then it, it kind of is you mm-hmm. and you can't give up like you just you feel like you just got to keep doing it and there were many times like we're now seven years into it and yeah. we're finally at a place where it's like okay we can we can like hire some help and we're making some money Mm-hmm. But it took seven years of like reinvesting, reinvesting, slogging, retooling. It, it was hard work. I'm so glad you brought up the seven year mark because I feel like when people, when people get passionate about something, they think I'm going to turn this into a business. And like maybe a year goes by and they're not profitable right away. And then they give up and it's really sad. Uh, or th- like three months. <laughs> or three months, right. It's really, it's really sad to think how many amazing business owners have not yet been born into like this, this awesome world of like getting over that hurdle. And they just, they just stopped, you know, because they just, they, they couldn't, couldn't quite wrap their minds around uh, false failure. Right. So I love, I love that. You're just a perfect example of continuing to make this happen. <laughs> so, so thank you. I want to understand the, the process of w- what it's like being a customer and going through purchasing from you. This is something that's going to be retooled in the coming years because I've come to realize that people come to us for birds and eggs, yes, 
but they're also interested in like buying my time. Mm. Like each interaction, yes, they're getting a product, but they're also getting a lot of customer service back and forth of support. And I, I got to streamline that. <laughs> Cause, <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. No, no joke. Like it's, it's eight hours on the computer every day of customer service. And it's emails, right? It's people emailing yeah. you things. Now, yeah. something, something that I, I want to, I want to say about that aspect is, is we have worked together and, and tried to figure out a way to streamline that before where it was, let's make a more robust FAQ section, but people just weren't necessarily going there. And it's, I think in large part, because Francesca has made such an amazing name for herself, but people really love her and her heart and they want to connect with her. And so when they receive a message back from her, that's incredibly well-written and heartfelt, of course, it's like they're hearing from their, their favorite celebrity, right? Like Francesca has been featured in Sunset Magazine and all these other incredible publications. So people know about her and the farm. So what do you think you're going to do in, in the coming months here? Like, have you, have you put some thought into how we want to do that <laughs> in terms of streamlining your customer service? Cause that is a lot of energy on you and you have two kids and a husband. You got a lot going on. Yeah. It's, it's a work in progress. So two, two good questions to answer Roy's question. What is it like to be a customer? People usually find us through Instagram because they're really drawn to like, you know, a, a beautiful like basket of eggs. And for people who aren't watching right now, we will have this video available uh, at uh, BPB podcast forward slash VIP uh, if you guys want to watch this video in full. But Francesca's holding up a beautiful bowl of eggs right now. All these incredible colors. Hold that bowl up again. We got to take a quick peek. Let's see. Want to make the camera get it. It's so oh hard. Oh my to goodness. That color. Look at that. We got these blues and chocolate browns and speckles. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. It really is. I'm yeah. sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. So people find you on Instagram. They find us on Instagram and then they usually uh, comment on our photos, get really excited and maybe have never kept chickens before. COVID has been a really powerful trigger for a lot of people to want to live more of a self-sufficient lifestyle. And chickens are really, chickens and quail are really powerful choices for that because you can raise your protein if you have a smaller space. You know, not everybody has space for a milk cow, mm -hmm. but everyone has space for quail. They might not know it yet. And we do a lot of educating on that because I feel like it's more of a socioeconomic leveler, the quail. And you offer quail, right? Yep. Okay. Um, and classes for keeping quail, keeping chickens, just try and get that as much information and access into people's hands. Online so, classes? Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yep. And then uh, like a once a month in live like this Q&A. So people feel like they get some support. So they're not just out there dangling in the wind with this experience. So a lot of them, people now are home. They're homeschooling their kids. They want to have a more self-sufficient lifestyle. So they, they usually find us through Instagram and they go through the process of ordering through our website. And then from there, they, they get to hear from me via email about when their chicks are going to be coming. And then there's the handholding of the week before when the chicks come, they're given their tracking number. I explain the process. They go to the post office to pick them up. It's really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then they get them, they get them home. And sometimes we get to see update pictures from people. And that's really sweet. We create this big online community of people supporting each other and mm -hmm. raising their food and going on this journey with their kids and, and helping their kids to get outside and away from screens. So a lot of people have told me that having chickens and interacting with us has been so much more than just ordering a box of chickens. It's been a whole gentle door opening to a lifestyle that they didn't know was possible. Cool because we're all just churning so fast in the world 
that most of us haven't had the time to look up around and think, oh, wow, like there's some changes we need to make. How do we make those? I've, I've spent that time thinking it through for people so I can just offer them a solution when they do hit that wall of like, wow, there's a lot of traction in the world or hmm. the, the idea of climate change is a little scary. What can I do to, to stop that in my own way? Grow your own food, create less trash. So we, we, are, we are there for people in that way too. There's a lot of emotional holding from us. So the, the customer, I hope, and the feedback I've been getting from a lot of people gets a really sweet experience. And in all of my customer service interactions, I treat each person how I would want to be treated. Hmm. Um, I, I'm as generous as I can be with every single person. Try and send extra chicks, try and give them as much time as I can. And it is so rare, but like one in a thousand customers is a stinker. <laughs> and people who are stinkers don't get sweet treatment. So <laughs> kind to me. I'll be kind to you and, <laughs> and give you more and like lay myself out on the table for you. But people, so some people you can kind of like, now I've had enough, like my undergrad is in, in psychology. So like, I, I love people hmm. and I've had enough experience in customer service now to really read the tone of a person's email and know like, am I just going to give a refund and back away <laughs> from this interaction? I fired like two customers. That's pretty good. You know, just two where I was like, straight up, you're writing to a human being, right? Yeah. A mother and someone who's doing the best she can with her farm. And the way you've been writing to me is so unkind. I'm just going to give you a refund and not talk to you anymore. Why? Generous to give the refund. (laughs) I'm just like, because I don't even want that money, you know? Like, I don't want to think for money. No, because even if they're going to be angry, at least they can be angry with their money and not feel like I owe them something. So that contract is just clean, clean, clean break, yep. squeaky, totally. done. And then I can just move <laughs> on to the next person who's like, look at Henrietta with my kids. This is amazing. And I can like <laughs> celebrate with them, you know, and like one, one negative customer can really like put an emotional fart in a space, you know, where like I feel gross for a long time. So I, I'm really doing my best to like clear the air quick and like. Give, give the love out to other people and, and I'm getting better at that mm-hmm. so I hope that customers are having a really sweet experience I think they are uh definitely based on your followers and all the comments yeah I'd I'd say it's safe to say everyone's having a pretty good experience and I can speak to that you sent me some eggs not hatching eggs yet um we're not prepared to receive chicks yet in Colorado we have to get through a winter here to see what we're up against. But I did receive some eggs for eating, which was really sweet when we were back in the Bay Area. And the way that you package them, not a single one broke. I got quail eggs and chicken eggs. Delicious. The yolks of your eggs are like, I've never seen anything like it before. They're the orangest of orange. You can just tell just happy, delicious, kind of creamy. It, it's a Alchemist Farm and Garden Eggs is a whole different experience. <laughs> That's for sure. Completely different. I wanted to learn more about Instagram. What specifically? It's a big world. <laughs> That's for sure. Again, like to keep this simple, you know, what are like two or three strategies that you've used on Instagram that have grown your following and made it so that it's pretty much your like number one go-to for um, promoting your business? So you have to have a really specific business for Instagram to work for you. 
I feel like at this point I could give like an Instagram course for people. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Yeah. You know, I am also on Facebook and I got my start on Facebook because I Instagram wasn't out at the time. And I jumped over to Instagram because I was finding that Facebook was becoming this really kind of like dark, unnecessary place. I don't understand what it is about Facebook, but people are so horrendous to each other there. Mm maybe because there's more way to like communicate back and forth and like really nitpick at each other but instagram is a place where it's all just images and so if you don't have something beautiful to share there's really no place there and so people in general who are like pretty negative and mean don't have beautiful things to show the world and so it was attracting the right kind of people that i was hoping to attract as a as a business owner and 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 for our for our marketing outreach. It's a really powerful free tool, monetarily free, not free in time. I sp I've spent thousands of hours on Instagram and it, it really is a slog. I never bought any followers because that's not useful to me. Like just having a certain benchmark of like 125,000 followers doesn't mean anything if they're not people that are actually interacting with me and who are interested in my in my business and and hopefully that leads to positive sales for us so that we can then keep doing what we're doing and offer what we have out to the world so instagram was powerful for me for that reason i have something beautiful to show the world my eggs anytime that i am am uh posting a photo i, I always know egg photos are going to be like you know three thousand four thousand likes for like an egg photo whereas a picture of like a chicken isn't going to do that much but i still need to show photos of my chickens i still need to show photos of me but my eggs do better than me so <laughs> i don't i don't do much of me on instagram so the first strategy is have something that's actually beautiful use all of those 30 tags and tags that are relevant to what you're looking for like are we we have a pretty wide net because we're hitting a lot of things like we're plastic free we're backyard chickens we're regenerative farmers all of these things so we're we're going out and, and doing a cross-section we can. It's not just 30 tags of chicken, mm. which some people do, and they really like spam that. I'm like 30 tags of, like I mentioned the other things before, but also like tagging magazines. Like, hey, Sunset Magazine, I think you should check us out because we're doing something that's like worthwhile. We are a story that is worthwhile. And after grinding, 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 they got back to me. They reached out. Yeah. yeah. So it, you have to have something beautiful and then actually creating useful content which can be hard but for for me now it's all just stream of consciousness writing of, of what we're up to because i feel like we're up to something that is worthy and worth people's time especially now with covid people are really uncomfortable and up against a wall mentally they've been stuck inside for a long time if, if they're if they're quarantining and they're they're needing some relief and so we talk a lot about social justice things we talk a lot of ecological things but we're also putting some light into the space and so people come to us for like a nervous system rebalancing hmm. so use all those 30 tags have something really beautiful don't buy followers because when people see that there's bots that are responding to you it automatically reduces like the, the legitimacy i think the credibility yeah 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 mm -hmm. your credibility and sometimes giveaways and giveaways can be a really powerful way to gain more followers but also a good way to be able to give back i i donate as much as i can all the time we donate hatching eggs to schools for watching schools for science projects we ship them all over the united states we're part of the one percent for the planet foundation tell me more about the one percent for the for the planet foundation because i'm curious about that myself i guess i haven't dived in as deep as i should 
So tell me, tell me more. I saw it on labels in the grocery store. Mm. And when I saw it, I had this reaction of like, 1%, screw you, like <laughs> Nutella brand, whatever. Like you're only going to give 1% and you're like proud of that? Like, like look at me, <laughs> I give 1%. And so I dug into it and I'm like, this has to be something like worthwhile because I was seeing brands that I liked and trusted. And so I, I looked into it more. And the reason why it's 1%, why they're trying to raise awareness to it is because out of all of the philanthropic dollars that go out to the United States, less than 1% goes to ecological causes. Wow. Jaw drop. Like, what? That's staggering. Like all this money goes in all these different places and it's kind of like laundered and filtered to like do tax shelter stuff in different places, but mm -hmm. less than 1%. And so I thought, okay, I get it. I get why I want to be on board with this because I'm going to commit. You can give away more than 1%. I'm going to commit more than 1% of our sales and you can choose different organizations that have been vetted through the 1% for the Planet Foundation, which cool. does all of this work to see like, okay, are these different ecological projects worthwhile? And I had already found um, through my daughter, which is really cool, this project that I wanted to support. Each year we choose a different nonprofit to support. The first year that we did it to donate our proceeds, it was N68 hours of hunger. And that was a really worthwhile thing to find out about. I was like, N68 hours of hunger, that's a terrible name. Like I have all this like funny, like snap judgment, you know, now I have like kind of like a marketing brain from Instagram. I'm like, what is that? Uh, and what it is, is 68 hours is what it is from Friday when school, elementary school kids go home till Monday morning. And for a lot of those kids, they don't have food during that time. Mm -hmm. Unless they're getting free lunches. I heard that and was like, I just burst out into tears. It was like, how can I help? Like, I need to do something there. So that was the first, I was really, my heart was moved. So I started donating to them. And I was like, okay, this next year, let's choose someone else. Let's like spread the wealth that people are helping us have. Like, we're not crazy wealthy, but we have enough. You know, we're, we're okay. We can support our farm and do what we need to do. And, and with the excess we have, we can donate it out. So the, the second year I got introduced to the children's eternal rainforest mm. theme, theme here with a lot of children. Um, it's the largest rainforest preserve that is now in the world because some elementary school children who were in first grade found out about what's happening to the rainforest and wanted to help preserve it. So they raised all this money and they were only going to buy something like five acres, but other people in the world were inspired by it. And now it's something like 30,000 acres. Wow. And it, they need more funding to be able to support people who are protecting it from poachers and do educational outreach and things like that. And that's a way to, I was really worried about issues of climate change and our rainforests are really powerful um, sinks of carbon and giving us more oxygen on this beautiful planet and the biodiversity that's there deserves to be protected. So that really spoke to my heart this year of, of what we wanted to support. So we support them, the children's eternal rainforest through the 1% for the planet foundation. Cool. Okay. So that's how we're able to give them money. But the 1% for the planet is this beautiful umbrella. Like we donate a little bit of money to them to keep them going because they're incredible and worth worthy. And then they have this whole list of like places that you can donate to. Awesome. Thanks for explaining it because I really didn't know. That's awesome. I feel like anyone in business right now, like once you've paid your bills, once you've like have a little bit of money for yourself and you're okay, if you're not donating something to the greater cause. Oh, totally. Look at your heart because. Pick something. Pick something you're passionate about.
pick anything. anything. There are so many worthy causes out there. Vet it for sure. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be like throwing away your energy into something that may or may not be real. Vet it. Make sure it's real. But pick something and give back. And I promise you, when you give back, it'll just come right back around. The more that we are generous with ourselves, the more it's poured right over us. The totally. worst thing we can do is just shrink up and try and hold what we have. It was like that with my farm. If I shrink up and try and hold what I have, my mind would never be open to all of these changes that we need to make mm-hmm. to make us more aligned with what I want to offer the world to give me the energy to like have the stamina to do this potentially for like 10, 15 years and not burn out. Mm-hmm. And people want to support that because we're not just greenwashing, you know, like what you were saying, Rory of like, yeah, the organic label, you just have to be 10% organic. That's greenwashing something. People think that they're supporting organic farming and paying these premiums. It's not real. Mm-hmm. So you really got to, got to vet it and and stand up as a business owner and and offer something that's real to the world not just for marketing but because it's the right damn thing to be doing right now yeah totally yeah i'm so glad there's organizations like that that you can tap into and make it easy because back when we were working on the record label trying to figure out where we're gonna like donate this money it was just like we're having a hard time figuring out how to, to to vet these companies and um we had to you know, look online and just try and figure out, you know, is this a legitimate company and look at their numbers, look at their, um, their history and, you know, find something like better business bureau reports and things like that. But that's really exciting to me because, um, we need companies like that who are willing to put in the legwork to allow other people to not have to try and figure this out on their own so that they can just do what they do, do what they're best at you know, whether that, you know, running a business or just living their life and they want to contribute, then they can go to those companies and say, you know, like, I want to support this. And I know that the money that I'm putting in is legitimate and it's going to actually be put to you. So totally. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice, Francesca, for people who are feeling like they've got their hearts open to this whole idea <laughs> of doing zero waste? Like, what is the first step to, cause I, cause I know it's one of those things you kind of have to, at least for me, I've had to baby step into it. It couldn't go cold Turkey on the, like no trash, but we really do our best. And I'm very conscious of the fact of like, when I do buy certain things from the store, like no more of the plastic clamshells, things like that, that come with like berries or even eggs now are, they have the plastic ones. Right. So what is like a, a piece of advice on how to start that for people who are interested in doing that either in their personal lives, but also for their, their business? It's a great question. And it's one that I've really turned over a lot in my head because I, I don't do anything like 10% in my life. I just like barrel in. And so I really barreled into it mm-hmm. and, and burned out quick and felt overwhelmed and really depressed that I couldn't reach the goals I wanted to reach with creating less waste in my own personal life and in my mm-hmm. business life. And so I backed it up and I chose one thing that I could replace and let go of. What is zero waste? I should define that. Zero waste is the idea that we are creating no trash. Your trash can is gone. Maybe you're relying on the on the recycling bin for a little bit. And then after that, recycling bin gone. No trash coming out of your house. Why is that important? Landfills are filling up. And that's one of the greater drivers of climate change. If you believe that's real or not, a lot of people have different issues around that. 
if you don't believe climate change is real, you could just look at the plastics that are in the ocean and what that's what kind of havoc that's wreaking on our natural world. There's some crazy statistic like the average human drinks a credit card worth of plastic a day because there's so many plasticides in our water, even just from bottled water, even if we don't realize it, but we are consuming plastic. And what is that doing to our bodies long-term? We don't know. We're the guinea pigs. You know, our great-grandparents or grandparents were like the guinea pigs of smoking. They're like, this is awesome. I look amazing. And then everybody's like, I got lung cancer. Now no one smokes. You know, our grandchildren are probably like, damn, they were drinking out of bottled water? Right. What were they thinking? Or holding cell phones to their heads. Holding cell phones to their heads. Yeah. We have glass and it's great. You know? yeah. Like just simple, simple things. So that that's zero waste. And to try and be able to go, especially with the family with kids, to to no trash can at all is remarkably challenging. So don't beat yourself up. If that's something that you're interested in doing, choose one thing. For me, it was yogurt. I was buying tons of these yogurt plastic containers and each one I was taking and using it as a scoop for our chicken coops. Like, okay, I'm not putting in the trash. I'm using it as a scoop. I only need so many scoops, you know, like eventually like I start to see like that supply chain build up around me. Like if you didn't have a trash service, how gross would your life be? And it feels so convenient that it goes into a can and goes away. Right. But it's going somewhere. And our earth can't digest that. So really think about that because I was blind to it, totally blind to my waste. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw it, I was like, I've thrown away house loads, acres of things in just my lifetime. And there are billions of people on planet earth. Where is all this going? Hmm. That's intense. So I'm not just going to drop that bomb on you and make you depressed. I'm going to say really? what, you, what you can do is, yeah. is just choose one thing that you know you can get rid of and replace it. So now we're part of a herd share. I was like, okay, I need to find yogurt and reusable containers. Found this beautiful lady down the way. She's got cows. She makes yogurt. I pay her money. Glass jars come. Glass jars go back. No cool. waste. I'm supporting my local economy. I'm supporting a farmer and her dream. I have a nice drive out to a farm. Someone might be listening to this and being like, that's not realistic. You suck. Okay. (laughs) Choose something else. If it's not yogurt for you, maybe it's those plastic clamshells of eggs. If you don't have chickens yet, after listening to this amazing talk, (laughs) you don't have chickens yet, then maybe you're letting go of the plastic and maybe you're going for the cardboard ones and the cardboard ones, like they can be composted. Mm -hmm. Get a compost. All of your food waste. Are you putting that in the trash? That could be gardening gold if you know what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. So choose one thing. Maybe it's just your food scraps. Don't throw those away. And then once you have one thing that you've done and it feels really good because it's going to feel good on your heart because it's the right thing to do, you'll have energy and you'll start looking around at other stuff. And you'll be like, well, I, I can stop buying strawberries and those clamshells if I grow my own. That could be a really fun thing to do with my kids. Let's, let's grow strawberries. That doesn't take a lot of space or... Let's grow raspberries. Like I, I eat a lot of raspberries. I want them. <laughs> so I grew like, I've got like 80 canes, but we don't have to buy it in the, in the clamshell plastic. And right now I'm, I'm especially grateful for that with COVID because it's really hard to wash raspberries properly. And 
yeah, possibility yeah. of transmission and infection or not who knows mm -hmm. but we just have our we have our food here so it ticks a lot of boxes suddenly when you're living it with a zero waste mindset of just creating less waste it's tackling so many issues of carbon emissions waste where our food is trucked from clothing is another really huge thing that goes into landfills that's really unnecessary and we begin to save a lot more money which means we save more time that's more time for our family. We might not have to work as hard to just like struggle and make the money we want to make. It, it can come easier because mm -hmm. we're spending a lot less. It, it, like this principle just goes into everything of wastefulness in all avenues of your life if you're open to it. And it's incredibly powerful. I'm so glad you brought that up. That's such a good point. Such a good point. Yeah. You're, you've, you've created a space where you get to be with your family 100% of the time in a sustainable environment, having zero waste. And even though, yes, it in the beginning, like you mentioned, when you started, it was like, what, what am I doing? Like, I can't, I can't go 10%, I gotta go all in. Uh, but you still figured out a way to make it happen. That's, again, going back to not giving up on your personal lifestyle, but you're actually living it and teaching it and continuing to offer value and information to other people. And I just think that's amazing. You are a unique one. <laughs> I also want to point out what you said about saving money. One of the biggest things that you know we that Dominica and I talk about in businesses with clients or you know even on the podcast is that you as a business owner shouldn't just go out and just be like throwing money everywhere. You have to be strategic about what you're doing. And I and part of this is you know I actually did the math on it. When you factor in taxes and then all these other things that come into it. You really, you know, you have to earn $2 for, for every dollar you spend, you know? So in, in my mind, anytime I buy something, if I'm like, okay, this is going to cost me say $500. I go, that's actually costing me a thousand dollars. I have to earn a thousand dollars to buy that $500 thing. Yeah. And that makes me make better decisions about what I'm buying. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a, just a good reminder of like, you know, where, where's all your money going? Where is it being spent? How could you um, find little ways here and there to um, to save that, and because then it enhances your life. You know, you have more opportunities to run the business you want to run, to um, spend time with your family. Really, really good point there. Yeah, it was a powerful transition for me of not just buying things constantly to fulfill a need, because I had to look at that part of myself. And I think so many of us have been marketed to so powerfully in the United States. That happiness equals buying new things. Hmm. And that is such a lame lie because it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it does not. Like being with your family and really being present with them, which actually can be very challenging if it doesn't come natural to you. It didn't come naturally to me. Like my family showed love by buying me things. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing the same with my kids. Like, have this calico critter set and let me fill your room with all these plastic tchotchkes and then it's dirty and it's hard to clean and there's clutter for me just to get to your bed to hang out with you and read you a book if you strip all that away and i actually just have to be present with my kids it's challenging but that's where like the juice is of actually nourishing your kids and not just putting them in front of a screen Mm -hmm. or you just being in front of a screen you see these photos of families and they're all on iphones and no one's talking to each other Mm. our rates of anxiety depression are high put it all away plant a garden 
be with your family. Get You'll some chickens. So much more. Your nervous system. Get some chickens. <laughs> get some quail if you don't have room for chickens. Look on our Instagram. I'll explain why you got room for quail. <laughs> Take a quail keeping class. And your life will be so much better for it because you are in line with what needs to happen globally and what's possible for yourself and your, and your heart. I, I mm-hmm. promise you, like people feel like they're going to be giving up their lifestyle. You are gaining an incredible. Yeah. So for someone who's like a, a heart centered entrepreneur or, you know, wanting to start a business and they have a you know, deep passion for something, what advice would you give them? Definitely have people in your corner who see your passion. Like I was saying before with Dominica, I had so many people be like, oh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> it had never been and done before. You it had never it? been, yeah, it had never been done before. And if you're going to do something that off- is offering something real to the world, chances are you're going to be pushing against things that are tricky. Because what's been happening so far actually hasn't been working that well. How a lot of business has been run is at the expense of a lot of people's mental health Mm. or the natural world or exploiting cheap labor. That's not cutting it anymore. People are waking up that that isn't a good business model. So if you're going to be offering something real out into the world, you're going to be pushing against these really old patterns as I was. But when you have someone in your corner that's like, nope, keep going, keep going. Even if you start, I started with no capital, nothing. Dominica got me my first set of hatching eggs with my dad for Christmas. <laughs> I was like, this is what I, I really feel like I want to do this. I didn't have the money to put towards it, but I had the vision and the dream and then just the time. So you either have sweat equity or some sort of like, you know, capital that you're starting with. But hmm. get clear with yourself if it's something that you want to devote yourself to 100%. And then just keep following that. Mm-hmm. Keep following that heart. and. Tell your ideas to people that you, that you trust and keep that open heart so that you're okay to hear constructive criticism and be able to adapt and change. If I wasn't able to adapt and change when someone who's helping me is like, hey, here's a better way to package this or here's how we can streamline this. If I was like, I know it all <laughs> and this is how it's done. <laughs> I would never evolve and, and, and having that that communion with people who you work with gets everybody on board and everyone's excited because you feel like you're building it together and you know that what you're offering out into the world is so much more than just a product it's 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 a piece of your energy and it feels like it's energy that's going in the right direction that makes sense totally yeah oh my gosh this has been such an incredible episode thank you so much for taking the time and for sitting in your beautiful garden and for letting us hear the roosters crow this has been amazing. And I'll tell our listeners again, uh, if you want to uh, watch this entire episode, you can at bpbpodcast.com forward slash VIP. Go check that out and you can see this and Francesca's beautiful face. And is there any last comments or thoughts, Rory? Do you want to add anything before we let the people go on with their day? We covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. We covered so, so, so much. So um, I just want to, I want to thank everyone for, uh, for listening. Um, and, and thank you, Francesca, for being so open and sharing, um, a, a peek into, into your world and for sharing such great advice with our listeners. Um, really appreciate you. And I'm just so excited to actually, you know, have time to, uh, to chat because, uh, we hardly ever get a chance to just like hang out and chat and stuff. So it's nice. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.
Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. To download the digital episode companions, watch unedited and behind-the-scenes content from this and all of our other episodes, get access to exclusive trainings from us and our guests, get direct access to Dominica and myself, and to schedule your business critique with us, head on over to bpbpodcast.com forward slash VIP. All right, we'll see you there.